been a while. You've been hiding from me. Uh, just one thing after another, and last week was just mentally exhausting. How's Mama? Recovering. Um, the, but how is she? She seems to be okay. The therapists are all satisfied. So. But what does she think? How does she feel? Um, she's still having some pain. I guess to get to the hip, they have to cut through some muscle and stuff, too. And plus, bet. they had to use like a tourniquet, she said, for some reason. Uh, there, are, I think there are arteries around there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, like the femoral. I think. Yeah, right that's in the leg. Yeah. Um. But the, <clears throat> so, like, she's still having some muscle pain, but she's been doing her exercises with the therapy people and um, practicing stairs and stuff like that, and um, being able to lift her leg properly. Um. The. Uh, They've got these weird new dressings now that have this, like, electronic component, and they actually actively suck any drainage up and redeposit them in the dressing, like in a reservoir or something like that. <laughs> oh, wow. That, yeah, that does sound new, yeah. That's, it was really weird. So that's what she had from the surgery until a couple of days ago. Wow. Um, and then they took that off and examined the, the um, suture scar? I, what, I can't think of what to call it. <laughs> Um, but anyway, the, the, you know, the stitches and stuff and, um, the draining had stopped. So she didn't have to put another one of those on. She just has like a regular kind of dressing on there now and everything seems to be good. It was really weird, man, because they had, um, like within a couple hours of the surgery, they had her up walking around just to make sure everything was all right. And I'm like, no, that's real good. That's just strange, though. To, I mean, they cut out her hip bone and put in a whole new one and then had her walking a couple of hours later. That happens, yeah. And uh, it's just it's kind of amazing. Like, science, you know? Um, but, yeah, she seems to be doing good. Um, it was a whole lot of waiting around and, you know, hospital stuff. They don't really tell you much of anything. And you just sort of sit there and wait for something to happen when you're the, not the person being operated on. How old is she again? Sixties? Uh sixty-nine. Nice. Um, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I would have been totally fine. It's really sweet that you just sat around waiting for it, though. Well, somebody had to be there. Um, on the day of the surgery, my dad was under the weather, so he couldn't go, and I would have had to go with him anyway because he can't walk too good. So I had to push him around in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to go the next day when we went to pick her up. Um, yeah. And he was feeling better, so he came with me, and I just wheeled him around in a wheelchair and stuff. But somebody had to be there to talk to the doctor after the surgery, and then yeah. it's nice to have a family member or something there when sure. the patient like wakes up and recovers. You know? mm. Was she happy to see you? I guess so. She was out of it. <laughs> Drugs and stuff. Drug, drug to mama crank. Yeah. So she was, it was funny because she couldn't, I had to text somebody for her because she couldn't type <laughs> on the phone. Get her some Popeye's biscuits? No, I didn't. No. Why not? You ain't a good son. I was there, dude. Mm, I bet she wanted some. I don't know. She does like Popeye's biscuits, but the only... Of course she does! You don't think I don't know your mom? The only Popeye's around here that's close enough to do anything with is, like, kind of... The way the parking lot is is really hard to get in and out of. Mm. So we don't, you know... She doesn't get much from Popeye's. So. Mm. 
That's probably better for. Yeah, I've been encouraging them to cook at home more anyway. So. Yeah, you should work more, Mom. No, I'm just saying it's better to make your own stuff than it is. You should to- go in there and make all your stankaroni and shit for. My dad won't eat anything I make. I, I don't blame him. I mean, it's he, horrifying when you describe it to me. I mean, he used to, but he's gotten he's gotten picky like a little kid. The older he gets, what does he eat? I don't know anymore. <laughs> Honestly, but like, you're over there all the time. How do you not know? You guys, you must eat with them often. I mean, he'll eat like pork chops and like um, that's all he eats. Yeah, <laughs> pork, pork chops. chops never can. Yep. I mean, like, but stuff he used to like that I remember him liking, that I also liked, he won't eat now, like spinach. Um, you know, I didn't used to eat spinach, but I like I like it on my Subway sandwiches because of Sean Dove. Hmm. Sean Dove, I saw him putting it on his sandwich once, and now that's all I eat. I don't even get lettuce anymore. Spinach it's, is far superior to lettuce. Well, I prefer it. Yeah, spinach is far superior to lettuce. I agree. Um, Especially that icebox crap. Yeah, well, like any fast food lettuce is yeah, worse. Yeah. Like, and if you got spinach, give me that spinach. Yeah, yeah. Especially a little Popeye because I want that spinach. Those little baby leaf spinach. Yeah. But even big leaf spinach is good. Um. But yeah, so so far so good. Um, they're still having. Issues. Remember, I was telling you about that guy that they contracted to build a deck for him on the back. Yeah. So we're getting to the point now where I mean, this guy still hasn't responded. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna sue his ass. So we're getting, yeah, we're getting to that point now. So I've been trying to look up small claims court information because the dollar amount falls into that. Better watch out, dudes. We're coming to get you. Fortunately, I have a tiny bit of experience with that from dealing with Xenoscope years ago. <laughs> Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know you had to sue Xenoscope. Uh, it didn't get that far. I got the initial thing where I sent him a letter of intent, and that finally got him to cough up the money. Mm, I figured it'd be like something with eBay or something. No. Troubles with that. I did have troubles. Yeah, a couple of years in a row, I had some weird troubles with eBay. No. But so I'm just looking up stuff pertinent to, like, Ohio small claims. Unleash the full power of this operational podcast on them. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, the biggest thing is, is like, the one message they got was from the guy's daughter, like, last month, mm-hmm. saying that he had been sick and got went into the hospital, which... Yeah, I remember you saying that. You know, fair enough, but then it's been zero contact since. Yeah, I mean, he's still... That's the one thing you can do when you're laid up, is reply to an email. And I don't know, I mean, maybe he's in a coma. My mom did oh, look... dead. Like, yeah, my mom did look up obituaries to see if he was dead. Oh, that's, that's not funny, but still funny. Well, she, you know, she wanted to know, and, and I wanted to know, because him being dead would complicate them getting their money back more. Yeah, it would. Because that would be a matter of the estate versus the actual individual. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm saying all this, I'm not a lawyer, obviously, <laughs> I mean, seriously, we could sick uh, Henrik from Denmark on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what that would accomplish. Let's put all two listeners of this show to use. Three. There's Don Cardenas, too. Oh, Don, yeah. He can write them a message. listens to everybody, though. I think he's just learning. He's like being Batman. He's learning everybody's weaknesses. He can write a song about it. Oh. 
Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, other than that, though, other than my mom recovering and, and the whole deck fiasco thing, they seem to be doing all right. Good. My mom's car did a weird-ass thing where it... So I guess something, what it turned out to be was something in the computer, but the symptom was she would just be sitting, like, at a stoplight or something, going, driving around, yeah. and then the car just wouldn't go. Like, <laughs> you know, she put gas to it, and it was like it was in neutral. Or something. But it was on and Yeah, yeah, and it was in gear. It was just, it wouldn't go anywhere. That sounds like a transmission thing. That's what I thought. My initial thought was that the, the uh, linkage was slipping into neutral without it showing up on the... You know, on the indicator on the dash. Always expensive. Um, but it, it turned out to be a computer issue. Oh. Somehow. I, I don't know how that works, but... I'm oh. um, You know, I, I'm used to thinking of cars in terms of, like, a really old car, so that wouldn't be an issue, you know? Okay. Um, so, that, yeah, they got that in the garage. But it, I guess they're waiting on the part or something there. I don't, I don't know if the GM strike's affecting them, getting that part or not, but... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I bet it's not. Um, or it could be that it just got dropped on the garage and they already had a heavy schedule, so they haven't gotten to it yet. You know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, we trust the garage. It's a garage we've been going to, like, since I was a kid. So Important. Yeah, it's nice to have a, a local garage where you've been using them long enough that they know you and you know them. I have one. It's right over here by the studio. Ashland Tire and Auto. It's very good. Yeah, it's you know it's like having a bartender that knows you. It's just nice to have. Mm. Um, but I had a weird thing happen to me through Amazon this week. I think I'm being used as part of that scam where they send out random shit so they can leave like positive reviews on more expensive shit. I don't know what that really. Um, if you look it up, it's I can't remember what they call it, swishing or something like that. I, I, that's probably not right. I don't remember what they call it. But um, essentially what it is is somebody gets your basic information, like your name and address, and they create another account and have somebody fake buy something expensive yeah. and, and place it through the order system. And, and then what they actually mail you is just some random lightweight thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way it's there's tracking on it, and it shows as being delivered, so the order looks like it went through. So, like, from the computer standpoint, everything's legit, you know. And then they go through and use that fake account to leave, like, a positive review on the expensive item so they can start stacking up good reviews. Mm. And what I got, I got this weird, like, it's a, a red plastic steering wheel for a kid's, like, playground set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I open up the package, I'm looking at it, I'm like, I know I didn't order this. Was it a misorder or something? And I went and looked at the orders I'd placed and it wasn't showing up in any of those and then I compared the tracking number to stuff I was expecting and the tracking number didn't match anything that was coming to me mm-hmm. so I um, and the weird thing was is, well, I guess it's not weird but it was a an Amazon tracking number it was one of those TBA tracking numbers mm-hmm. um, so I just I looked up like what's going on here I got you know I looked up online and found out about this scam thing that's been going on I remember reading about it a couple of years ago because it was like a big deal because somebody kept getting like couple of packages a week for like two months three months where does the scam come in are they getting money front out of you 
No, the, well, in this particular scam, if this is what it is, it's what they're doing is generating fake positive reviews, so mm-hmm. more people will buy their expensive thing. Mm-hmm. And since they're mailing something that's cheap and light, they're not really spending that much money to basically get free advertisement. Or, well, it's not yeah. free because they're paying for it, but cheap advertisement. Okay. And you know how it is. You know, you tend to look at reviews, and the more good reviews something has, you buy that over a similar object that had, you know, negative or fewer good reviews. Yeah. So it just helps to increase their sales. Uh, there is a variant of this where they somehow gain access to your account, and if you've still got old cards on there, mm. they'll place an order using the old card because sometimes banks will allow that if they if it's from a big place like Amazon. And then they can somehow profit from that. I'm not entirely clear on the mechanism. But mm-hmm. um, it had something, from what I read, it had something involving like they would buy something, test it out, and then if it went through, they would buy something expensive, and then they would know where your address was because they had your address information. So they would have somebody waiting on Amazon truck to drop something off mm-hmm. and then try to take it off your porch before you realized it was there. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't think this is that because I don't have any weird orders on my account or anything. I, I changed my password and stuff just to be safe. But mm-hmm. I think this is the uh, the review scam. But I've never, you know, I've never had it happen to me before, so it was just kind of like a, a weird thing. Yeah, sure. I wish they would have sent me something actually useful though, because some of the other reports I was yeah. reading that people were getting like well, equipment or something. Well, they were getting like little useful kitchen gadgets and stuff, you know. I get a stupid plastic steering wheel for a kid's playset. Mm-hmm. It's not fair, I tell you. If they're going to involve me in a scam, at least make it... Yeah, make it worth my time. Make it useful. Um, what else is new? What's new with you? Uh, Andrew, come talk to Crank. I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jeez. Who am I talking to? <laughs> this is Andrew. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? Uh, well, uh, it's going all right, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What are you doing? Um. I am currently working on a series of um children education books. Doing the illustrations for them. Oh, nice! Yeah, so they're like a uh, social emotional learning uh, books that are like targeted to like younger elementary school uh, kids, and they use superheroes and supervillains to kind of like uh, represent that. So I'm getting to draw like just uh, children's books, superheroes. So, yeah. Cool. Is it like? Storybook style or comic book style? Yeah, it's storybook style. Okay. Because I, I think, I vaguely remember lettering something like that, but they the company was producing it like a, more of a comic strippy kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, this, these, uh, the first four, four books <laughs> just got uh, finished, and so uh, they just sent them to print. So we are jumping on the next four books now, and so we're kind of doing them in like, in, in four book series. Nice. So this is more like, um, I guess, it's commercial art than comic work, I guess? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely not comic book art. Um, 
It's yeah, and it's like a, a smaller company too that's doing it. So they're like selling it to um, libraries and schools specifically, rather than uh, individual parents or families. Right. Educational reference material. Yeah, yeah, they'll be able to sell more that way, anyways. I think um, Tim Seeley, he used to be at that studio where you're at. Yeah, I think he used to work for a company called Learner that did put out stuff like that. Oh, I remember him talking about it and seeing some of the just odds and ends. Like, yeah, there was something that had to do with a frog in a boat or something. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. I just. He had given me a bunch of uh, old zip disks when he stopped using them. Oh, yeah? And I, I recently dug them out of storage because I was getting rid of stuff, and I was going to put those in the zip drive on eBay. So I was, But I wanted to go through the disks to make sure there wasn't anything on there I wanted to keep. Yeah. Stop boring Andrew. <laughs> and I found a bunch of his like old work and stuff. Whose work? Sealy's. Uh-huh. You still have a working zip drive? Yeah. Frank <laughs> has a working everything. Nice. I've got two working zip drives. One's a serial and one's a USB. <laughs> Whoa! Hey. I don't think I ever... I had a USB. Yeah. The serials always sucked because they, as soon as you engaged them, they would like slow down your... Well, every computer I had anyway, it would slow down the computer while uh-huh. it was transferring stuff. <laughs> and I never had a SCSI one, which those were supposed to be really good. Uh... Real fast and, and resource uh, light, I guess. That's all I had. Scuzzy. Yeah, I never had one of those. Um, and I never had a jazz drive, the, the fancier, bigger version. I feel like I did, but it was like too late. Like <laughs> I got one like right at the time when people started burning CDs. Right. Yeah. That's... What? When did that one come out? The jazz, yeah, uh, later nineties. The zip, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't remember that one. Yeah, the jazz could hold what? what the jazz could hold five hundred or something like that. Yeah, it was like a cartridge. No, not no, it wasn't. I didn't have a jazz. It was SideQuest disc that I had. Oh yeah, that was something. I definitely did not have a SideQuest drive. I just had the discs, so it's not like I would have been able to read them anyway. Yeah, I think the jazz drive came out like. I want to say like later 90s, 97, 98. Yeah, that sounds about right. And you're right, that was right around when like CD burners became affordable. Yeah, CD burners came became, yeah, that was right around, jeez. I, I was always late to adopt that stuff, so it was well after, well before I got one. And they were, I remember the jazz, at the time, the jazzes were super expensive, so I, I even the discs were besides the drives and I, I just couldn't so I stepped I, stu- I stuck with zips until I could just start burning CDs off and like but I remember God one of my earliest jobs I had to send to a press it was an album cover and I had to fit this I think what I did was I had to zip it up but I had to split the zip into small enough chunks to fit on a bunch of floppy disks yeah. <laughs> so I'm sending in Plus, I still had to keep it small on top of that, so it was like I had to cram all this stuff down, split it up, put it on like five floppy disks or something like that, and then send it off yeah. to the press. Oh, I need to send you this. I'm working on an album cover. Yeah? Yeah, for Marty. Like, 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I'm trying to think of like what other. I mean, remember when like before USB two we had to rely on USB one, right? Yeah, and sure. that was ridiculously slow for any kind of like um, large data transfers. Or well, you know, I never noticed any of that stuff. I mean, it's I mean it's probably true, but I just never noticed the speed of it all. It was fine for printers and things like that. Um, and the zip drive worked well enough, I remember. But, and it was definitely better, like, because before USB, we just had the straight serial bus. And that was, um, like I said, that at least on all the computers I had, if you were doing anything intensive, your computer would just slow to a crawl while your transfer was going on. And I, I guess that had to do with, like, resource, uh, like our IRQs and resource properties and stuff, but, um... So, like, even USB 1, when it came out, was, like, so much nicer than having to rely on the serial bus. But I just, I remember trying to transfer, you know, like, a 100 meg file or something. Well, yeah. I really didn't deal with a lot of 100 meg files back then. Say, like, a 25 meg file or 50 meg file. Um, and it was just, I remember being really slow. And then 2 came out and was like, oh, this is so much better. Ah, the history of data transfer. <laughs> Fascinating. It's just funny, like, because, you know, I'm at that... I, it's weird to think that, like, I've been alive while all this technological advancement has been made, and I've seen it happen, kind of thing. Uh, we're not even talking about all of it. I mean, we're probably forgetting some of it. Oh, lots of it. <laughs> I like Because I, I still remember... Um, the warehouse job I had in the early 90s, we had a, they kept one of those really old big computers that operated off of like the giant floppy disks. Um, oh, what? Not even the five and a half inch, but like, like the, the, the big floppy disks. And, uh, they kept it because it was like the, all the software they had written for, um, inventory and, and cataloging and stuff, like only worked on that system. They couldn't ported over to a DOS system or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we had these little green term or these little terminals with that just that green type, text only yeah. green type. Yeah. And we were still using printers that had the you know the holes on the edges, the impact oh, yeah. printers. The, yeah, the, the dot matrix. Yeah, yeah, dot matrix printers. And we were still using like, and this was in, I mean, this was in ninety four, ninety five. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty late for those. But they, it was like it was, it was like an eighties thing. Yeah, it was, it was cheaper for them to just keep using that than it would have been for them to buy all new equipment and have a new code made, you know, mm-hmm. or to have somebody try to port it to a modern system or whatever. I was uh, when I was driving my mom to the hospital. I saw an early nineties. Do you remember mm-hmm. Dodge Shadows? Dodge Shad the sh- the car? Yeah. Yeah. They were like an early 90s car, early mid 90s. And mm-hmm. I saw one that was probably like a 92 or 93. And I was like, I'm like, oh, look. And it was in decent shape. <laughs> but I haven't seen one on the road like probably since the 90s. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, I pointed it out to my mom and I was like, okay, so this is weird. That car from 92 now is as old as the 60s Corvair that I bought in 92 when it, it was my first car. I'm like, so I'm looking at a 30-year-old car here that I remember being brand new. 
And it was, that was just, it was a weird dislocation in my head because I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I, that stuff happens now, you know? You old. I was in, uh, when I was in Memphis, I noticed uh, they still make Ford Tauruses. Do they? They were yeah, they, popular as cop cars, were weren't they? Fancier now. Didn't the Taurus, wasn't that used for cop cars a lot? It was for a little while, yeah. Just for a brief moment. They moved over to other cars, though. Or maybe I'm thinking Buicks. There was a Buick that they used to use a lot for cop cars. uh, Cop cars were definitely Buicks. They may be Buicks again, actually. For a while, they were, um, a couple of departments around here were using, like, real fancy muscle cars, like modern chargers and stuff like that. Yeah, chargers are a new thing, yeah. Um. I guess it's not like a super fancy muscle car, but like, it just looks weird to see a cop car. It is a muscle car, yeah. Yeah, it just looked weird to see a cop car using it. Um, yeah. So anyway, as I was asking you before you rushed off to the restroom, what's new with you? What have you been up to? Oh yeah, I need to go to the bathroom again. (laughs) Great, I'll start talking about zip drives. I'm fine. Things have been alright. I mean, I've just been, uh, I went to Memphis this past weekend for a convention. Oh, how was that? It was fine, yeah. Um, It's the hometown show I've been going to since they started. It's been like seven or eight years now already. Uh, Memphis Comic Expo. Every year, Downey, he's a guy I went to college with, and he worked at the local comic shop, and he started the show, and uh, every year he says he's never going to do it again. (laughs) And then every year he has like bigger and bigger like guests. So wow, he's doing all right. Um, this year they had Kevin Eastman, who like you would have thought it was the Beatles the way they had that line going. I guess people still like them some TMNT, um, man. The Turtles have never. I it it that's I that was like the theme of the weekend. Is everybody was just going like this thing that started as a joke is like a billion dollar industry. Yeah, and it's never gone out of style. Like it's always been there in some form. Seems like it. It's kind of interesting the contrast to that, or contrast uh, the Turtles to like the Tick. Because the, I mean, it's same idea, right? And well, uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And I yeah. mean, the ticks. I mean, it's basically just it was making fun of superhero stuff. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Or and, and modern culture of the time. Yeah. Um. So you you know, but and the tick had moderate success. It had a cartoon, uh, a more recent Amazon series. <laughs> they both didn't do very well, the TV shows. Right, but, and that's what I'm saying. Like, something about the Turtles just made them, like, rock it up, you know? Yeah, man. It it was, it just translated to everybody, I think. It was... Like, why do we never have a, a animated series of Scud or anything, you know? Because <laughs> it's too weird. I guess. But, I mean, you don't think Turtles are weird? Yeah, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's simple. It's simple enough, and I guess they're uh, they're also more kid friendly than Scud could yeah, ever be. Really, I mean, if you made Scud kid friendly, that would kind of just be nothing. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so yeah, so they had Kevin Eastman, huh? 
Kevin Eastman, uh, Chris Pachalo, um, Jim Chung, Howard Shaken. A lot of big names at this thing. Yeah. And me. And you. Yeah. Jeff on Uh, yeah. I mean, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. There was a lot of work getting there. You know my mental state over the past year. It, it wasn't, it was a kind of a huge endeavor to get me to go down there in the first place. Right. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was fine. I really liked, uh, seeing, Friends and uh, and stuff. Uh, there are a lot of people I see only when I go down there, right. and that's, that's always good. And I I hung out with my good friend Mike, who I used to work with when I lived in Memphis. So, and his son was a volunteer at the show, which was pretty cool. Generations. Yeah, weird. He was he was having girl trouble. Mm. He he. Uh, a friend of his at the all-boys school that he goes to set him up with a girl for uh, homecoming. And so he went to meet her, and she decided then and there that she was going to be sick for homecoming. It, <laughs> like, told him on the spot. And I was like, oh, dude. I mean, she could have phrased that better, but probably. I know. I know. I was like, man, I cannot remember that big a thing. Well, props but to her for at least being just as bad as happened to me. At least she was upfront about it. Like mm-hmm. she didn't leave him hanging, buying a tuxedo, and going to pick her up and finding out she was. Oh, sick. he went anyway. He went with his friends. Okay, sure. Yeah, um, that's cool. And Kevin Eastman and his wife really took a shining to him and gave him a bunch of free stuff, which was cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, that was good. I. I guess it was last weekend too. I missed, or was it the weekend before? I, I missed the local show here again. Hmm. That's right. You missed uh, the comic show. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Scheidt and all the shows, Chicago guys were down there for it. Oh, were they? Yeah. See, part of the reason I don't remember is because, like, I don't know. I don't have any close comic friends that go to it anymore, I don't think. Yeah. I should go to it sometime. It wasn't a bad show last time I was at it. No, it wasn't, and I can come and hang out with you. I've been meaning to come visit anyway. I just want to come spend a weekend. Maybe we can record some stuff, and I can get a tattoo from Brian Level, who I've been meaning to for a long time. Yeah. I think we just... I got derailed from going to that show when the Moore show started up. Yeah, when the Moore show started up, it kind of put a... It's like you had to kind of choose one or the other because I'm not going to Cincinnati twice in a year. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the thing about the other show, the Cincinnati, the one that's still going, is that, like, I'm not really looking to buy anything in a show, and I won't, I don't need the table. So if I go, I'm just kind of going to wander around a little bit. I mean, and I it, would love for you to set up at my table. Well, I'm just saying, and, and if you I never sit, you never sit still, which was the whole point of me wanting to get a cardboard cutout of you. <laughs> and if I don't actually know somebody that's tabling there, that I can hang out at their table, know them well enough to hang out at their table, then I'm just yeah. wandering around like a guest, but I'm a guest without a point because I don't really care about buying anything yeah. or whatever, you know? Uh, which, by the way, I I have photos now, so I can make a cardboard cutout of you. 
You could. Just letting you know. Yeah, you could. Since you thought you had gotten around it for a while. Use a good one. Oh, I'm going to use the worst one. Okay. I might, I'm going to use the one from the back of the Rock Gods book. Oh, no, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one? That doesn't even look like you now. I know. That's a good one. I was still skinny. You look like the most, you look like the most wholesome Dave Mustaine ever. <laughs> you look like milk-fed Dave Mustaine. You look like M- Dave Mustaine who you, you would let babysit your kids. Would you believe back then I, I got Sebastian Bach a lot? Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. You know what? Mark Slaughter, even. Um, I don't think I was quite as pretty as Mark Slaughter. Ah, uh, you were pretty, pretty man. Um, as a, I mean, objectively, you look, you were a, a cute young man. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it's very. You don't have the beady eyes that Mark Slaughter had. Oh, that, fair enough. Mark Mark Slaughter has beady eyes. You know, I think, sorry, I was just remembering old music people. I think Jakey Lee's still doing stuff. Yeah, I watched his uh, rig rundown. It's funny. He looks like, he sort of looks like, uh, who's the guy from Wilco? He looks like, uh, uh, why can I not remember the guy from Wilco? I own his books. I don't know. Tweety? Yeah, he looks like Jeff Tweety now. <laughs> it's really weird. I just saw it because there was a, uh, I don't know, some company did a custom instrument thing of his, you know, like mm-hmm, a, an amp. Mm-hmm. I think it was an amp. Well, he has a new guitar, too. He has a, uh, I think, um, uh, Kramer or something has a new uh, 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 signature guitar of his. And I, I didn't look, because I, I could have swore I looked him up a few years ago and he wasn't really doing much of anything, but... I don't think he ever stopped touring. I just think he just, you know, he has his own band. It's not Badlands. Yeah. I uh, I really he, should look up to see what he's been doing recently. Because, I, I mean, he was... He has a new album out. He's touring. He was he one of my favorite guitar to, players. Yeah. He might come to Cincinnati. Yeah, he's really good. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, I saw him. He looks like, you know, if you if you tied up his hair... He could be a character in a Mortal Kombat game. <laughs> Get over here. Yeah, he looked. Jakey Lee looks like he might put some karate on you. Huh. Not to be racist, but I mean, he looks like he could put some uh, some special moves on you. Finishing moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna put a fatality on you. <laughs> but he he is. I mean, he's old. He's in his sixties, probably. Oh, at least I would think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's younger than Ozzy, obviously, but he's probably 60. I mean... I I would have to say he's probably closing on 70, dude. Because, I mean... He's at least... I mean, he was probably at least in his 20s when I was... Well, yeah. No. I mean, he's 66 years old. Oh, is that what he is? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's getting close to 70. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got like the little weird, you know, the like that strange kind of like I can't grow facial hair kind of beard. <laughs> so he looks like he's like a like an extra in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, 
here's a picture of him from 2014 in the Wikipedia entry. Um, yeah, Red Rundown. He's just did a Red Rundown on. Uh, well, it's not new. It's from 2019, but. Huh. Yeah, I should look up and see if I can find some of the music he's been working. Yeah, on. Red Dragon Cartel is his new band. Um. So he's leaning into that Asian stereotype too. <laughs> Whatever works for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, oh, speaking of guitars, I'm going to send you this thing I just saw. It's another one of those, like, looks amazing for being such a cheap guitar kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of those. Oh, where is that? I, um, I just saw it. Before I had it, our teacher has a new course on truefire.com that's like six, like, like note for note transcriptions of old Van Halen songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, is it just a bunch of notes? Like, (laughs) yeah, like I want to try it, but it's like I just started learning how to play like fast lines and stuff, yeah, because always wanted to be able to do that and I just started like a new thing and I, I've been able to play it and it's kind of amazing, I'm very proud but it's like I can't, that's all I can do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to try it, it like hurt myself doing uh, let me see this what did you send me? it's a, a company called West Creek West Creek, huh? yeah it looks like somebody took an SG in the Photoshop and warped it. It looks a little like the ESP type style SGs, where it's got that yeah, slant to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what? You know, you used to talk about SGs, and I used to say I didn't like them until I got one, and I really like them. Oh, I love my SG. Yeah. And they're I'm just, like, they're oh, amazing. Angus is one of my favorites. They're light. Yeah. They're they've got a slightly yeah. shorter scale neck, so they're easier to play a little bit. Yeah. I just wish they came more often in like rather uh, in other colors rather than red and black. Well, that's what caught my eye on these West Creek ones because yeah. the, the paint jobs on these are they're killer. Like, uh, um, uh, uh, Sweetwater has a like a new one, like a new exclusive that's a SG Custom, so it has the ebony fretboard, but it's like this deep, deep blue, hmm. and you know how I. Like blue guitars. I saw something. It was um, Fender. I guess 2019. They put out some that were like Midnight Sapphire. They called it. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and those mm-hmm. are gorgeous, man. Yeah, I have. Uh, They're also like fifteen hundred dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, um, I have. I have one. Hmm. That's the strat that I have. Is that? Oh, really? It also has like a, a roasted maple neck too. Yeah, it's I, probably my favorite guitar. I love the finish on that. It yeah, looks... it's probably my favorite guitar. I also I have a uh, seventy Squire version of that at the studio that I practice with. Same color. Yeah. Oh it's wow. That blue sapphire. It's like a real deep but transparent, so you can see the wood grain under it. Well, this this paint job had some sort of like kind of smoky thing going on. Oh, well, that's not how mine is. Let me see if I can find it. I'll show you a picture of it. I think it was called, like, Midnight Sapphire. 
Uh, uh, it was on a local Craigslist thing that I was looking at. Uh, it's not Midnight Sapphire. Yeah, that Midnight Sapphire, I think, is the, the color that they have. Um, <laughs> their, what's that, like, super modern version that they do? The Ultra? The Ultra? Fender Ultras? Oh, I don't even know about those. Oh, this is Viper Blue is the color. Um, yeah. Let's see if I can find these on on this listing. Because there was a, I, somebody had listed both a Strat and a, um, whatchamacallit, a uh, Jazzmaster type thing. Mmm. And they were both in that finish, and I thought I remembered reading, ah, here it is. Oh, Rift Tracks did the RoboCop TV show. Really? Yeah, we were starting to watch that here in the studio. We were we were starting to watch that here in the ship in the studio. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying with the the one you've got. Yeah, it's like a deep blue. It's not like the uh, what do you what's the standard that they have? It's uh, what do they call that? Sonic? Or no, that's no, a light like light pastel blue. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that that's like that midnight blue. That's yeah, like the it's dark dark night they call it. Yeah, that's that's from the American Pro 2 line. And that's just, I love that finish on there, because it changes from being like a really rich dark blue to kind of being like a... a it's it's like a reverse burst is what it is. It starts off black, but then gets blue at the edges. It's just so pretty. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of those. Oh, really? Those came out in 2017, like 2018, 2019. Is that what it was? Yeah, those are pretty new, yeah. I didn't, I, see, I don't know what... Um, They're actually called Dark Knight, is the color. Yeah. Here's Oh, here's the Strat version. Yeah, I've seen them, I've seen them. They, they have them down at CME. This one looks more like a, goes into like a turquoise almost. I guess it depends on the light. I had a turquoise Strat, I sold it. Was that the one? Yeah, the one you said you didn't really like the way it played. Yeah, it was great. It was like an old '90s Strat, and I really liked that it was like a vintage guitar, <laughs> which is weird to say a '90s guitar is a vintage. It's thirty years old now, man. Yeah, but uh, I didn't like it, and uh, I, I, yeah, I ended up selling it. I got a pretty good price, but I could have gotten more if I sold it not to CME. See, I don't really know what Fender's lines are. Because, like, I don't know what the American Pro 2 is versus... Yeah, uh, well, I'll explain it to you. So, uh, American Pro 2 is, like, their standard line. It's their regular American-made line. That's weird naming for their, like, standard line. <laughs> I know, but they don't make the American standard anymore. Okay. So, uh, American Pro 2 is their new standard. They have the... Um, they still got the custom shop, right? But that's they still have custom shop. But you're talking like ten grand or five to ten grand for those. Yeah, and then and custom shop was just sort of what the name implied. I mean, it wasn't like a necessarily custom a line. Is, and ironically, custom shop is like they it's it's whatever you want, but it usually means they're trying to copy something really old. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but um, what do they call their Mexicans? Mexican models now. Uh, that's the thing. The, Me the Mexican stuff is, so they have the Ventera, which is a... I've heard that name, yeah. Yeah, Ventera 2 is the new one. It used to be Ventera, now they have Ventera 2. 
And Ventera means vintage era. So Ventera. And so they usually take like a, 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 like a decade from the past and emulate that. Okay. And that's made in Mexico. And then the player series is what they used, it was the Mexican version. Okay. What's and that, that's what I have my blue, my deep blue one. That's my favorite guitar. Is the my player, uh, my player Stratocaster. What's the line where they do like? It's like the higher dollar version of the Pawn Shop series from Squire, or the um, the Paranormal series from Squire, where they they take a, a thing and kind of put twists on it. That's the paranormal, yeah. Is there a higher dollar version of the paranormal? Well, not anymore. They did it at first, but that was a while ago. They did the paranormal, like standard paranormal, but mostly the paranormal is a squire thing. Because I know they've got a higher dollar base VI, base six. Mm-hmm. That's part mm-hmm. of I, it. I can't remember what That's the name of the, the line. The new, the new base, the, the new base, uh, base six is part of the Ventera line. Okay. That's what that was. All right. That's just really, that's more confusing than when, like, comic companies reorganize their universes. Yeah, it's pretty confusing. <laughs> it's pretty confusing. But Gibson's the same way. Yeah, I, don't, I have they're, no idea. They're what... all actually like that. They have, there's so much continuity, it's like you don't know which ones, but you just pretty much have to pay attention to the price. There was something I saw in, in passing the other day. It was, a, like, a signature model Epiphone. Uh-huh. And they they wanted like $1,600 for an Epiphone. The signature Epiphones are pretty expensive. What kind did you, were you looking at? I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like I said, My, it was something I saw in the past. That Epiphone that I just bought that I told you about, the, yeah. the Sheraton, that's a signature, but it's only like eight ninety nine. That's just, I don't understand. I, I mean, I'm, I have trouble getting my mind around a $1,600 Epiphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Alex Lifeson just put out one. Wow. Like, why would they go... It's not 1600 It's like 1400 Why would they go... Like, why would they go expensive with their budget line? And, more expensive now, dude. Instead of just going, like, with their regular line and making it expensive. Yeah, they don't... I, it, the Epiphone stuff is... It's like the Big Brother stuff now. It's way more... I don't know what's less than $1,000 with Epiphone now. Well, they... I mean, I'm sure... Yeah, they still make Wildcats and stuff. Those aren't that expensive. Um, like, they're in the four or $500 range or whatever. Which, even to me, being the old guy that I am that remembers Epiphones from when I was in my teens, like, four or $500 for an Epiphone. Well, that like one I sent you, that one, that SG Custom, and that's an SG Custom. That's only 700 Yeah. That, I would totally get that. This my... Part. My my uh, SG that I own now is a is a uh, SG Deluxe or something like that, and it's it was only like five hundred dollars. It's Epiphone. I don't have. I only have one like real Gibson, and it's nice. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know why they're so expensive. Yeah, mine. I mean, my SG was just a, like a standard model. Didn't even have a pick guard, and it wasn't covered pickups. It was just the open pickups. It wasn't Gibson, was it? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a legit Gibson. It's an eighty nine, you know. Mm. And I bought it in ninety. That might be valuable. 
I bought it in like '93, maybe. Is I it a special? It doesn't have a pick guard, you said. Uh, it was just the the like the. I think that it was called just a standard. What time. kind of pickups is it? Are they P90s? They're humbuckers, but they're um. Oh. That uh, might be valuable. But they're they're the you know the open face humbuckers, not the chrome cover or anything. It might be valuable. I don't think it is. I mean, that it's definitely worth more than what I paid for it now. Like, I could probably get maybe 800 900 bucks out of it. I bet you can get more than that. I don't think so, because it's not like the... Um, they were doing nicer models in that. It's, probably, it's filled with spiders, isn't it? I, there's not enough room in an SG for spiders. I, your house, I'm sure it's filled with spiders. Well, I mean... I guess, in the sense that my house is filled with spiders. It's like a whole colony of spiders. I mean, at this point, my head's filled with spiders. Yeah, yeah that's true. Your pockets, you have nothing but spiders in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's just... Pockets. It's all spiders all the way down, then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, I'm trying to think there was... Yeah, like, when I bought it, I bought it in, like, 93 or 94, I think, and I only paid, like, a couple hundred dollars for it. I bought it used from a music shop. Must have been something wrong with it. No, it was in, I was in great shape. Even now, it's not too bad. I put a couple of nicks in it over the years and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. Um, and it went through a phase where I, I did something to the neck, and it wound up making the neck funky, but I, I think I fixed that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, the finish on the neck got funky. You're funky. Because it, it had a gloss neck, and I, and anytime I had something with a gloss neck a long time ago, I would always take a bit of uh, steel wool to it. Yeah, people don't like them gloss necks, do they? Your hands stick to them sometimes. I don't have a problem with them. Um, satin, the satin just feels smoother when you're playing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you, but yeah, I don't have a problem with that gloss neck. Um, of course, I'm not treading. Like I just said, I'm just learning how to do that. I'm making a little bit. Remember a long time ago? God, I don't even know how long ago it was. When I when I said I wanted to learn how to play um, Salisbury Hill, Salisbury Hill. Yeah. And I was having problems because I kept stumbling over part of the picking pattern as you have to do this up-down thing with your thumb. Yeah, it's very difficult. And I was having problems stumbling over that, so I, I couldn't learn the rest of it. I guess I could have tried to learn the rest of it and then tried to get in the habit of doing the up-down thing. But um, it I, you know, I, I get focused on the wrong thing sometimes, mm-hmm. and it was real frustrating. So eventually, I was just like, oh, I'll do it later," and and I just stopped working on it. Um, but then I, I started thinking about it again, and I'm like, "Okay, rather than that, I'm gonna sit here." Like at first, I just started sitting there with my acoustic, just doing up down up down with my thumb, like not playing mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. But that that gets boring really fast. Sure. Um, so I, I decided to write a little thing that was real simple, where I could keep doing that strumming pattern and then play a slight melody on like the upper strings. And I've actually made some progress on that now. I'm 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 getting control over my thumb. So you try and do it slow. Well, yeah, but there's so much complicated stuff going on in Salisbury Hill besides that thumb thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it was I. It was sort of like um. Like when I first started learning how to like play a keyboard instrument and trying to get my two hands to coordinate, yeah, um, you know, you wind up concentrating on one instead, and the other thing yeah, fumbles. It's definitely a different thing. Yeah, they. I mean, that whole like learning it slow thing. 
Yeah, it's a whole nother thing when you put it up to speed. I mean, I get the, like, it's essentially memorizing it, but it's totally different when you have to play it at speed. Yeah, so I, I just wrote a real simple thing, but it, that's helped me make progress on feeling comfortable with that motion and stuff. <laughs> but you've gotten there, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm not to where I'm going to be able to play the Peter Gabriel song yet, but... <laughs> But I'm getting there. I'm at least making progress. So I, I should try that. I should learn how to play that. I've I, always wanted to. It's just such a pretty song. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not crazy about finger picking. I really kind of. It is too much like piano playing for me. It really is like your hands have to have autonomy rather than working like together. I'm way more comfortable than that with my finger picking than I am with like pick picking, plectrum, really? plectrum picking. Well, that's because you're a bass player. Yep, I, I assume I assume that's the reason. Um, yeah, but it is. My my thing is is like like I'll, I'll play with a pick if I'm playing strumming a whole bunch of chords or something. Yeah. But like um, delicate picking, intricate picking. Yeah. I'm just not. Not good at, and I'm. It's hard for me to span strings with a pick, like to go from you know two strings up from where I'm at or something. Sure, it's not. It's not easy. Uh, I always wind up fumbling over that, so it's yeah. it's just a lot easier for me to f- pick with my fingers because I know where my fingers are already. If that makes any sense. Yeah, so this should be easy for you. <laughs> I'm surprised that you're having such a difficult time. I, it, I to me, it's a complicated song, and, and it's. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it is. It's fingering positions that I'm not used to on top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just a combination of things. It strings, too. It was like, like uh, <laughs> the first time I tried to... They're tiny. They're tiny strings. Tiny. The uh, the first time I tried to sing and play at the same time, it was kind of like that, where I'd stumble over things because I'm not used to doing two things at once. Sure. You know what got me over that? Hmm. Uh, not having a singer. Yeah, that, that pretty, <laughs> I was kind of forced to do it. That's pretty much how, like, how my friend Brian like got was able to get into it fast because he had to. Yeah. Like, he's like, "Well, we're kind of we're kind of screwed if I don't do this right now." And I didn't really do it until I was in a just a fuck off band where we were playing like a summer battle of the bands thing. And we just got together yeah. to play. It, yeah, it's like that. And yeah, this would, if it wasn't like a house party, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, so there, there were just some of the songs I was just, I wanted to sing them. <laughs> so that's how I got it. Oh, I've never wanted to. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not singing. I was, I, I enjoy singing and I'm not great at it, but I enjoy it. You know? mm. I've learned to like it. But I never wanted to. <laughs> um. Anyway, did you know they made a couple of newer um, Pumpkinhead sequels? Yes, <laughs> I, I watched those recently. <laughs> I have not seen them, but yes, I did know that. And they both have Lance Henriksen on. Oh, uh, it's not hard to get Lance to do stuff. Is he still alive? Did he die yes. recently? He is alive. Okay. Um, and then I tracked, but then while I was looking up information on those while I was watching them, I found out that they they had made a a video game of Blood Wings, this, the first sequel. I did not know that. Yeah, there was an old Blood video Wings game. I have seen. Um, 
Well, yeah. That, I mean, the really the only thing I remember being good about Blood Wings is that it had Amy Dolan's in it. But you do have a thing for Amy Dolan's. I forget about that. Oh, she was cute yeah. as a button, man. Well, she's still alive. I know. <laughs> Dude, you're implying that she's not cute as a button anymore. I just haven't seen her in anything since the 90s, I don't think. She's been doing other things. I mean, I guess if I was still seeing her and stuff, I'd still be talking about her in the present tense. But yeah. Yeah. Amy Dolan's was in that movie, yes. Yeah. Big Ticks fan, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And uh, Children of the Night. Yeah, the Sean McKeever movie. That's what I like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yes. Children of the Night, starring Sean McKeever and his dad. And his dad. (laughs) They were background vampires. Yeah, background vampires. At least, I I guess they were vampires? Lung, Lung things? I don't know what you call them. Well, they were vampires. Okay. They were children of the night. I don't think the rest of them needed to have the water lung thing. It was just that one guy, right? No, I think they all did it. They all, like, had an outside lung thing? Yeah, they would spit their lungs out and then, like, cover themselves in something. I don't remember that. I just remember the one. Because the the mom that's chained upstairs does it, I think. Mm, I don't remember that. If I recall. Been a while. Um... I just remember I, I it wasn't that one, it was Mind Warp where I texted him, I was like, I do not see you in this movie. Was he in Mind Warp too? He's in Mind Warp. He's like a you know the the like Angus Scrim's like cult? Okay. He's one of them. Oh, alright. So they're all wearing different like masks and stuff. <laughs> It'd be kind of hard to recognize. Yeah, I, I, uh, he's posted pictures of him in, in Children of the Night. Yeah. So I know he's in that, but I haven't been able to identify him in, uh, in Mind Warp. <laughs> um, what else? There was something else I watched that was weird recently. Oh, I finally got around to watching that uh, Nick Cage movie, Mandy. Oh, you just now saw it? Yeah, I, I just never... Of course it is, isn't it? It's pretty good. It's weird. It is. I mean, it, it's definitely weird, but it's worth it. It's pretty good. Like, there's some very great Nick cage stuff in it. You know? I mean, ever, even the worst ones, you can say that. Um, And it's it's strange to say it like this. The movie is fairly linear and straightforward, but at the same time, <laughs> it's kind of confusing as fuck. Uh, it's very, it, yeah, it's very psychedelic, but yeah. it, is, it is way more simple than I was led to believe when people described it. I thought it was going to be like this drug trip of a movie, and it, it is, is. <laughs> but it is very, like you said, linear, and, and it's a very simple story. Yeah, and it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff left open to interpretation in it. I don't think there is. Like the ending, especially, where he's driving off in the, the crazy painting world behind him? Yeah, I guess. <coughs> every horror movie. And there's some question about whether the um, whether the bikers actually killed him when they kidnapped him, and he, the rest of it's just him dreaming this shit as he's dying. I guess. That sounds like something <laughs> from a YouTube video. And then after he takes the LSD, the tainted LSD, who knows what's actually real at that point. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that face he's making at the end after he does in the cult members and he sees his dead girlfriend in the car with him. 
Yeah. And then the the cameras from the passenger seat position, and it's just yeah, him facing the camera. How many? Think about how many movies end like that, though. It was just that, but that face he's made—that's so Nick Cage. You know? Yeah. Um, it was a very pretty movie, though. I thought. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, and then, then I watched uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh yeah, that's good. That's. Worth it just to see Kong Roundhouse Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? There's a lot of good, good stuff in that. I never realized that they were about the same size, though. I always thought uh, Godzilla was bigger. Oh, that makes sense. Hey, Andrew. What's up? Come here. Doctor. <laughs> 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 He's got the pea-sized bladder, or what? I guess, today. My gosh. Uh, we were just talking about uh, size relationships between Kong and Godzilla. Size I, relationships? Yeah, oh, okay. I just saw Godzilla versus Kong, and, and I didn't Ooh. realize that King Kong was you know, as big as Godzilla. I always thought he was smaller. Well, I think they explained that as, like, in Skull Island, that he was, like, a baby. Or like a younger version, because oh. that's like what was that in the seventies or in the eighties that it was supposed to take place in? The one with uh, Jack Black? No, 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 no. The is that a whole different thing? Skull Island has Brie Larson and um. Oh God, who else was in there? Maybe uh, I didn't see the newer one. Oh. Oh yeah, Loki. What's his name? Uh, I don't remember the... I, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in that movie, it was like... 70s or 80s. King. Uh, it was in the 70s? Okay, 70s. Uh, King Kong is, like, big, but not godzilla size in that one. And okay. they, they like, hint that he's the last of his kind, and that the other version... The other, like, giant gorillas are, were even larger than him. So, when we get to... Godzilla versus Kong, he's like the only one left on the island, and he's like too big for the island, and there's like a maelstrom around him and everything. It's also more that that Godzilla's smaller. Well, because they're both still like, oh, I mean, Godzilla's still like skyscraper sized in this movie. Yes. Yeah. He is. Godzilla is smaller than older versions of Godzilla. He's more like the old version size. Like, he's not, like, old, old version, but he's not new, new version. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because um, he's been bigger. Yeah. It was, so. fun, fun, like, in the battle scenes in Hong Kong, I think it was, um, mm-hmm. it was kind of weird because when they're filming it at that perspective like that, so you're focusing on just the the mega beasts, whatever they call them. Yeah, um, I mean, Titans. So you're focused on them, and it actually it starts looking like the older movies where it was just guys in suits with models. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like kind of weird thing when I'm watching. I'm like, oh, man, this all of a sudden looks like these guys are just normal-sized guys in model sets. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's like part of what I liked about it was that it, it kind of brought back that feeling. Good. Leave him alone. Get out of here. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. What are you talking about? Your little bladder. Oh. 
<laughs> when? How long have you known me? Well, I didn't realize it grown to pea size. Well, I mean, it doesn't get bigger as you get older. It should. It should expand. Mm. I mean, like, ears and stuff get bigger. Well, I tell you what, the hair in them has gotten crazier. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Anyway, they, they were explaining to me why he's why the relative sizes are what they are now. Oh, yeah, they are definitely more experts on Godzilla than me. It's a combination of uh, King Kong growing up, because he was mm-hmm. smaller, he's a babier in the other movies. Mm. And uh, this version of Godzilla is a little bit smaller than some more recent previous versions. So, there we are. I really like that Tokyo or that Hong Kong design. I don't know if that's what Hong Kong really looks like or whatnot, but all those crazy like neon tubes going straight up and stuff. You mean in the movie? Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that's what Hong Kong looks like. I have no idea, but mm-hmm. it really looked cool. I like the, the, the that whole battle scene. Yeah. Um, also, in the, on the subject of sequels, did you know they made a direct sequel to <laughs> I Spit on Your Grave? Oh, uh, they made a couple. No, no, they made a remake and then sequels to that remake. But they've also recent, in like in 2018-ish? Yeah. They, they made a, tw- a direct sequel to the 70s one. Yes. I do. There's are there are several I spit on your grave sequels. Right, but I'm saying this one actually has the actress from the first movie. Yes. Reprising her role. Kill her. They get her. Yeah. Take her head yeah. off. It's not good. I stopped right around there because it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want that? I was just. I mean, uh, the two main Is it actresses. Daughter that gets revenge or something like that. I. Yeah, I think that's what's supposed to work out. Like I said, yeah. I, I stopped. That's like, yeah, what's the point after that? That's not good. And the rest of the, I mean, the two main actresses were fine. The rest of the supporting cast were terrible. Yeah. And it just yeah. made it unwatchable. Yeah, it sucks that it's so, like, poorly made, too. That's, it's I mean, like, practically shot on video. Yeah. I don't think it's quite that bad, but it's not great. Uh, I thought it was, but... And I never bothered watching the remake or the sequels to the remake. Um, because I figured, why do you need to remake that movie? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Because it's, it's, I mean, the original is a nasty movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's pretty graphic, and it's... Yep. And frankly, it still holds up as its own thing. Uh, I have never watched them. I've only seen, like, cliff notes of them, because I'm not going to subject myself to the... the uh, you know, I, I, just because it's part of the classic kind of over, I guess, over. Mm-hmm. I have seen, you know, a couple times I've seen the first one. Um, yeah, the really disturbing stuff, I'm like, sure, I'll just watch, like, somebody else's interpretation of that. Yeah, I don't... The thing is, is I don't think, as bad as it is and as uncomfortable as it makes me feel when I have seen that movie... I don't think it's gratuitous because that's it's the point of the movie, you know. It is the point. No, you're right with some of those movies. I, and it is exploitative. I mean, it's exploitation. It's absolutely exploitative. A lot of the new French extremity stuff, I, I would put in the same category. Oh, martyrs, man. Martyrs, I've actually watched. 
I watched the remake of that, the American remake. And There's that, a remake? It's no, terrible. No, no thanks. It is literally like one of the most pointless remakes I've ever I've seen. Well, a lot of remakes you could put in that category. Um, but yeah, Martyrs was like that for me. Um, I, I, high Tension was like that. High Tension... That was a French I, one, too. High Tension lived up to its name. I was like the whole time I was... Like my jaw wouldn't unclench. And, and think, then you get to the end, you're like, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. I think those were both French, weren't they? Martyrs and High Tension? That's the new French extremity. Yeah. That's the whole... Yeah. I I mean, I I enjoy their take on that stuff more than I enjoyed their take on zombies. Like, they're all... Yeah, that, that's real boring. Back in the <laughs> 80s and they're stuff. They're boring. They're, zombies are real boring. As somebody that has kind of ripped that off, I would say it's very boring. What was it? The, the Grapes of Revival is essentially a French zombie movie. <laughs> Well, it was uh, that was Belgium, wasn't it? Uh, that's close enough. It's right on the border. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I seem to remember it was Belgium, but I might be wrong. Calvert is. Oh, is, the, that movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're all in. What is the one? Uh, I was uh, thinking of that TV show, The Revenants. The yeah, the returned yeah, or Le, I think yeah. it's Le Revenant yeah, in French. That's the yeah, that's the original one yeah, and that is uh, the one that's the most similar to Revival. That was actually a decent show. Though. Uh it's all right, yeah, but <laughs> it is very similar, and I understood that when I saw it. But I'm talking about like. Some of their older zombie things, like uh, Grapes of Death, I think it was called. No, I never saw Grapes of Death. It was some sort of tainted wine turns people into zombies. How French can you get? Wine turns people yeah, into zombies. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think it all takes place on like a vineyard or something like that, if I remember right. But it was really just kind of slow and boring. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even it, like... They're all very slow and boring, is what I remember the French zombie movies to be. It wasn't even like cool, uh, cool interpretive obscure like Italian zombie movies could get. Well, I mean the zombie the, the the thing about the French zombie movies, and that's the thing that we really kind of I would I guess I would say borrowed, but we didn't know we were doing it at the time. Is that they don't come back and eat everybody, which they do in the Italian zombie. Movies. Well, sure, yeah. yeah. French zombie movies, they come back and they're like, well, how do we get our job back? <laughs> That's what, you know. And then they get stabby. Zombie movie. Yeah. And then they get stabby. Yeah. Yeah. They they're, they come back and they're not quite right. And <laughs> that's what our thing was, is that. Which actually, if you think about it in those terms, that's actually a um, pet cemetery. Yeah, it is. It's Pet Cemetery because they come back and they just don't have... They, they came back in body only. Their soul is not there anymore. Yeah. So they're like, what's morality? We don't care anymore. And that's what revival is. And Amish Ninjas. And what? Amish, Amish Ninjas? Yeah, well, uh, you know... I st- I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> you know, I... I with Tim's ideas, most of them I'm like, I don't get it, but I'll go with it. And then later on, I'm like, yeah, he was right. <laughs> Amish Ninja never got there for me. 
I never. I, it just sort of came out of left field. Not, not even ninja. She's an Amish samurai. Oh, was that what it was? Yeah, because she's like lone wolf and cub. Oh, all right. <laughs> Splitting hairs. That Wait a minute. Hold on. What? You gotta go to the bathroom again? No. Hello. Oh. So, <laughs> oh. Trying to sell some silverware. Say what? Julie's trying to sell some silverware. That sounds hard to say. It is hard to say. Silverware, silverware, silverware. She sells silverware by the seashore. Yeah. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, I've been watching weird. I watched a whole ton of bad shark movies that I hadn't seen yet. Like what? And a couple of them I realized I did see by the time I was near the end of them. I had just forgotten I'd watched them. One of the ones I had forgotten I'd seen before was um, Shark Attack 3, Megalodon. I haven't seen past Shark Attack 2. Well, Shark Attack 3 has got John Barrowman and the actress, lead actress from the hey. first. Huh? John Barrowman's back in 3? He wasn't, I think that was the only one he was in, wasn't it? No! Because it was Casper Van Dien, I think, in the first one. Yeah, then I'm confused. If I recall. So anyway, I can't remember the actress's name, but the one from the first one's in the third one, but she's playing a different character. Which I thought so! Which right there is weird, because why would you bring the same actress back and have her play somebody else? I'm so confused now. Yeah. I'm so confused now. <laughs> so, it's hack. The original. It was Casper Van Dien, right? Yeah. Yeah. Shark Attack 2. Which I don't remember at all. <gasps> You're right! It was 3 that he's in. Yeah. So I've seen 1, 2, and 3. Okay. So 3 is insane, because 3 is the one with that very special line of dialogue. Yeah, which I read about that. Apparently that wasn't supposed to actually be in the movie. Yeah, he made that up. And he was told that he just needed to say something weird to make her laugh. And then the director was like, I love it. I'm leaving it in. Yeah, it's real gross. <laughs> and it's like, oh, man, really? And apparently Bar- Barrowman's kind of embarrassed by that movie. <laughs> um, and that, that was another one of those, like, okay, so especially low-budget and low-budget giant shark movies. Um, have this problem of shark size, where it just changes randomly. Yeah, it does. Because you'll see you'll see a shark like swallow half a boat, and then you'll also see a scene where it's just coming in through the side of the boat, and it's obviously not as big as it was before. Um, so that that movie definitely suffers from that, and it suffers from a lot of stuff. It's it's not a good movie. No, it's not a good movie. I was in a rush to get something done, so I queued up a bunch of things that I didn't have to think about at all. That would just give me some noise and distraction now and then. Mm-hmm. And really dumb shark movies fit that bill. Um, what was that? I watched? Have you seen Atomic Shark? I've not seen Atomic Shark. Oh, okay. It's dumb too, but not as dumb as Shark Attack Three. Um, Atomic Shark has an irradiated shark with a glowing fin that catches things on fire and eats people, but it catches things on fire. That's like the selling point, I think. <clears throat> um, 
And there's a lot of drone stuff in it. Hmm. Drones are a big part of that movie for some reason. I had forgotten that I'd watched Shark Night, so I had rewatched that one. Which I forgot what Shark Night is. Technically, Shark Night isn't. Necess- it is a dumb shark movie, but it's not as dumb as some of those other dumb shark movies. Um, shark Night's, you know, for early college age kids go to a cabin on a lake for the weekend and sharks are in the lake. I feel like I've seen it. And um, it, do you want me to give away the, the big spoiler end? The twist? What? what is the spoiler twist? Okay, so spoiler alert, I guess. The twist is, is that these guys, uh, one of whom used to be friends with the lead actress, I guess, because she's the one that makes it to the end. Um, but there was an accident where she accidentally cut his face up with a propeller. So, um, anyway, so him and this other dude have stocked the lake with all kinds of different sharks. I guess it's a saltwater lake. Mm-hmm. So there's like hammerheads in there and these little things called cookie cutter sharks. And and then they proceed to kill the kids off one by one. And uh, what's his name from Terriers is in it? Donald Lowe? Yeah, he's in it. Um, uh, a couple other faces you'd know that I can't remember the names of off the top of my head, but <laughs> you recognize them from like other TV shows and movies later. But uh, that one is actually not a terrible movie, I don't think. I think there was a mm. sequel to it, but I, I don't know if I ever saw that one. Although I'm not really sure. I guess it... I don't know. But yeah, the reason they had stocked the, the lake was so that they could film people being eaten to sell it as, like, snuff footage. Which, you know, that makes sense, right? As you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think. There are a couple others. And most of my... thing about a lot of those movies, and this is why I watched a couple of them that I had seen before because I had forgotten, is I don't remember them after I watched them. <laughs> They're not bad enough to be, like, super funny or anything. Um, so they're not, they're not like interestingly bad. They're just bad. Mm-hmm. You watch them, at least I watch them, like I said, as sort of a distraction or just to see the kills or see how ridiculous they get or whatever. And some of those are ridiculously like on a good way. Like the, the multiple headed shark ones that kept getting more and more heads as the sequels came out. Five headed shark attack is I think what they made it up to. Oh yeah. And that's just so ridiculous. It's actually kind of funny. But, yeah. Shark, I have my own shark week. Well, shark couple of days, anyway. And that was fun. So, anyway. Uh, I guess we can wrap this up. Yeah. You gotta be getting about ready to go home. Yeah, I need to go home. Julie's trying to sell some silverware. Right. And I should go home so that I can be there to give it to whoever wants to sell buy it. Oh, right. That makes sense. Uh, do we have an email? Uh, we do. If you don't um, want to read it, that's fine. We can save it. Uh, we have an email from Andrew Mersak who says, I took my daughter to see Blue Beetle a couple of weeks back and was shocked to see Mike Norton listed in the special thanks. Oh, that's really cool. I- I didn't think it was mentioned on the show, so I wanted to wish you a congratulations. If you could force Ghost yourself back to young Mike, he'd be thrilled to know he's in Blue Beetle movie, and then maybe you'd make an excuse to disappear before he asks 
to me follow-up questions on the subject. Have either of you been listed in movie credits before? Enjoy the show. Uh, no, that's the first time. And, uh, yes, it's very cool. Uh, I did not know until somebody sent it to me. Um, oh, you were also, well, that's a TV show, but you were listed in MST3K's credits. I am listed in MST3K, but I'm an actual active, like, participant in that. Oh, right. Yeah, that is different. Um, so yeah, I'm very famous. You should all really love me. <laughs> So, uh, pay me all kinds of accolades and, you know, if you want my PayPal address, you can send me all kinds of money. <laughs> what aspect of your Blue Beetle work did they use? Uh, mostly it's the, the stuff I did with, I mean, I worked on a, quite a few Jaime stories and, uh, I think the thing they used in the, the movie is the grandmother character because she didn't show up until my stories. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, she is actually one of the funniest parts of the movie, but she is not what we created. So, it's not, I don't even feel like I can take credit for it. Yeah. She's way cooler in the movie than in our stories. Uh, oh. Still cool, though. Yeah, it's nice that they credited me. So, that's nice. Uh, um, a check would be better, but I will, I will be happy with the credit. Graciously accepted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for writing. Um, uh, but that's it for the email. Okay. Well, groovy. Um, in that case, I, you know, will do my best to actually get a hold of you next week instead of, you know. Yeah, I mean, don't be a stranger. You know who I am. Yeah, just, you know, sometimes I... Mama's not in the hospital anymore. Sometimes I get overwhelmed. Uh, I, I understand that. I do, too. But most of what we talk about these days... Yeah. Yeah, I should probably stop talking about that. I don't want to be a whiny bitch. Uh, no, I don't think you should. I think you can do whatever you want. Uh, at this rate, we've been doing this for 20 years, so, uh, you can do whatever you want. Not very very nearly 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. What are we going to do in 2025? We should do something special. Um, wh- whatever you want to do, if, I, I, will, I will be down for it. If you if you want to do something in 2025, I will come to your house and we can record a live show. A 48 hour podcast. That's a lot. <laughs> if you can guarantee that I will not encounter any spiders for 48 hours at your house. Oh, I, I could almost can't, yeah, almost guarantee you would encounter a spider within an hour. I mind. will I will do that if you can guarantee me no spider encounters. Yeah, no, I, you can't herd spiders, man. You saw the problem they had with the movie Kingdom of the Spiders, right? I mean, you just can't herd them. A spider goes where the fuck it wants. Yeah. Unless you run over it with a car. 
Anyway, on that note, we will see you next week. Have a good weekend. And, uh, yeah, this is the Crankcast. Goodbye. Bye.